0: Is social media making your toddler rich? It sure helped one self-made billionaire. And a new Facebook is here. Is our panel buying? We talk about it next. You're listening to The A-Game. My name's Jim Ganzer. I am proud to bring the whole team back together. The original four. Well, actually, the original is three, but Morgan
1: is the original four. Jim,
0: pretty kind of the original pretty four, pretty much a special asset. Just so. like whatever,
1: fantastic four. <laughs> I mean, the only the only reason Morgan wasn't here because she's Seal Team Six. Oh, she was on, she was on a, a, a Peace Corps mission. Peace Corps mission.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Core Four. How about that?
2: Did you just come up with that? That was really good. Actually, no, I had a... friends in
0: high school that we referred to ourselves as the core four. Oh, it's uh, better now. But it's I'm a sure a that snappy was, and... Uh, wow. sure what you guys really got
2: after squares, the squares. <laughs> sitting in basements. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out cheat codes. Nerd alert.
0: <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> you, you just heard the... The uh, the, the tones. <laughs> 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 that's Jeff Colleton. Jeff... Welcome back to the program. Couldn't be happier, Bob. Yeah, and we also got Joel Hammond in the house. Joel, Jim, welcome back to the show. Uh, Congratulations on your third
1: child. Yeah, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. Oh, don't say it now. After I said it, you had your chance.
0: And young Bo Shepard has joined the family. I love that name. We could be happier. Big Ten
2: quarterback Mm
0: -hmm. Bo Shepard. Bo Shepard, and. Bo Shepard's biggest fan, future fan, will be none other than young Morgan Rooks. Wow. If he plays football, she's wow. not going to be his fan. That's a lot. He's he's a very likable uh, young gentleman. Wait,
2: what? If, if Morgan's going to be his biggest fan, he's going to want to turn to the ice, get a pair uh, of, yes. of skates on. Oh, yeah.
1: play in Pittsburgh, perhaps?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Star in Star Wars movies? Well,
2: star in Star Wars. You should have named Harrison Ford Ganser if you really wanted. Yeah, if you, were, if you, really, if you really, really wanted, wanted Morgan to like you adore him. your child. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dr. Richard Kimball, <Gimble>. yeah. <laughs>
3: oh.
2: Han Solo Ganser oh would have done God. it. Would have been a home run guarantee. I would have been, been fine with Jibaca India. Ganser. In D- Indiana Ganser. Dr. Richard, Indiana Ganser. Richard Gimble. Oh,
0: man. But anyway, mom and future. baby are doing great. I appreciate the shout outs and the kind words last week as well. Um, me and Joel were both out of commission last week. I had a good excuse. I'm not sure what Joel is doing. Joel was, uh, uh, but, uh, It's called pin- rhinoplasty.
2: <laughs> it's uh, just a <laughs> shaving down of the nose a little bit. It's a it's like cosmetic surgery. But he looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah a but that's not true. I do have a
1: huge nose, but that's not true. Healed beautifully.
3: Jeff, Blue it is. was a deviated septum. Let's get let's get it real.
0: Deviant? Deviated septum. this part? Deviant. down here, your sept- is, the is the your
2: moment. septum. When it's broken, that's a deviated septum.
3: So that's like the celebrity code, right? Like they always say they have a deviated septum yeah. when they just want a nose job.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Come up with an adorable little button nose. Well, the good news for all of our listeners is we've got a pretty deep bench here at the A-game, and Hope Ho came in, and she had a, um, a classic intro. Breakout. Breakout Excellent. intro. All she does is throw touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, she crushed it. I mean, she she took the ball and ran with it last week. Luckily, she's very close to the topic of YouTube. Uh, we'll we'll kind of cover off on YouTube in a minor way this week, because we are talking a little bit more about social media and influencer marketing. And one of the topics I wanted to get into with the panel this week uh, was generated from an article that I actually read over the weekend in the New York Times that talked about kid influencers, So, as everybody knows out there in the A game community, you know, influencer marketing is a huge part of the media mix now for a lot of major consumer brands. So, there is big money to be made through influencer marketing on channels such as Instagram and YouTube specifically. But now big brands are starting to bankroll toddlers to the point where, you know, a promotion could you know, paid posts can get you anywhere from twenty-five dollars to $50,000, which begs the question, why aren't our children influencers right now? <laughs> I begs mean, the question.
2: Why isn't my kid special?
1: <laughs> More pressing than the actual topic from a marketing standpoint is where the hell were we on this? Seriously, trend? I mean, my we, kids are cute AF. Why are they not influencers? Why am I not banking 25k per IG post, Joe? It's,
2: uh, frankly, it's your fault. And we, <laughs> I agree. You know, and we can, we can shift some blame to your wife as well, but yeah. you haven't put in the time Agreed. to make your child well-known. And you got
0: all the tools, Joel. Mm. Your five tool. Yeah, I mean, this is enough to even make Morgan question whether or not she should get into the, uh, the child business.
3: I'm just thinking more, you know, everyone thinks their kids are cute and everyone's going to tell you your kids are cute. Not everyone's kids are cute.
1: Agreed. I'm going to be honest here. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It doesn't you. matter if your
2: kid's cute. If other kids think your kid unboxing things is great, done. Kid this could be true. super ug.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the super things. Ug. <laughs> super Super <laughs> One of the things cited within the article, just to kind of give a little bit of context, is, uh, and, and this is not even just kids with huge followings, it's starting to get into the trend of micro influencers too. So there are big brands such as Melissa and Doug, which is a full line of, you know, how would you, I'm, I'm not sure how I would describe this toy company, but typical old school um, type toys for the most part, not really plastic, typically wood, um, learning tools, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, wood learning tools. <laughs> <laughs> it's very wooden. It's uh, heavy on the oak. Uh but they're charging upward, or they're paying upwards of ten dollars per thousand for, you know, kid influencers. But it kind of gets into some um, shaky territory here because, number one, child labor laws. I mean, sign me up for that kind of job. I just do a couple posts on Instagram. But it, I mean, there is income coming in, so it's, you know, is it enough that these accounts are managed by parents. Is is there an ethics issue with, with some of this. And then number two, some say that it is clearly a tactic for big brands to start targeting children. Should brands be feeling a little icky about doing this type of thing? What do you think, Jeff?
2: You know, we can, we can get precious about it and, and say it is, but we've been, we've been paid. This is attention. Where does the attention lie? This is this is the name of the conversation, and now that these kids have access to devices, tablets that they're on with great frequency, their attention matters. And so, you know, to blame a brand for going directly to the source, um, I'm I'm not bothered by it one bit. Um, I think that the micro influencer side of it is a miss. If I'm, I mean, it just. If, if you're doing 10 bucks a thousand for a kid to promote your toy, I'd like to see what the, the kind of the metrics look like on that uh, in terms of being able to track that to a sale mm-hmm. because that feels a little silly to me. But if you're a brand and you're looking at one of these kids, top, top performing YouTuber, we talked, Hope talked about it last week, uh, kids how old, top paid YouTuber uh, on YouTube. He's seven, I think. And he made $22 million last he year. He just
1: opens, He just opens toys?
2: Just, yep, just unboxing videos. And, you know, if you're Mattel or Hasbro or whomever, I'm going to hitch my wagon to that dude. Yeah. He's, obviously, he's obviously got his finger on the pulse of something, but it's attention. Any of this is attention. It's And attention lies where it lies. And in the kid market, there are people that make mar, or products specifically for kids, and I don't blame them one bit for going at that market.
1: Yeah, should these brands feel icky about it? Or are they? I'm sure they are slightly. I'm sure there's some level of, you know, value discussion, or or uh, uh, there's a discussion over the merit of it and the uh, what it means to them. But but Jeff, Jeff is absolutely right. I mean, organi- we've talked about it a million times, organic reach is plummeting, um, less so on the platforms where this influencer type of content is more prevalent, but still. Um, so how do I combat that? And the answer is to, you know, the, the parents in the room, like I was always the guy that, my child was not, not going to get everything he wanted or she wanted, right? I was never going to give in. And now, like, after you get home from work or it's, like, Sunday at 5 o'clock after being <laughs> being being home all weekend, it's, like, at 5.30 if my son, who is using his minimal iPad time for the weekend, see, watches a video of a toy and he says um, – uh, I want this and I say, oh, you know what, let's think about it. We'll, we'll talk about it. No, I want it now. And frankly, at five o'clock on a Sunday, I've had enough for the weekend. I'm ready to come back to work. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> going to consider going out, Or you know, that that isn't a drama That is a dramatization. But I mean, listen, it's a powerful is it, audience. Is it? Is it, is <laughs> it, it, is it? Oh, it is. It is. I mean, I wouldn't run right out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, mean, guys, I would have uh,
2: to put shoes on first, and maybe <laughs> grab the car keys, but I wouldn't run directly. On. You know how it is,
1: like, honey, like, I, le- gonna... I need to leave
0: for a couple minutes. I got to go yeah, pick up his toy. I'm not going to give you
1: everything you want. Well, here I am in reality, and it's like, yeah, after a long week or after a long day, it's like, yeah, probably, I, I do, I do give in. So I, that that is a is a is a dramatization of the of the issue. But this is a powerful market. Like kids generally get what they want uh, when they ask for it.
2: Right. Morgan, Morgan, you audience target for a living. Mm-hmm. Is it is there is there any do you find any ethical matters about tying yourself your product? What if it was what if it was it was flipped and it was for elderly? Just people at both ends of the spectrum? is it is it bad then?
3: So generally, audience targeting prohibits targeting children directly uh, on things on YouTube. You can really go around that because you can basically figure out where kids are. And when you're dealing with influencers, obviously you know you're working directly with a child throughout their parents, through their parent. But child targeting is regulated. It's not something that we can do. And um, it's totally different from elderly. I mean, I think it's different from elderly. Obviously, it depends on the individual person. But as an adult, you can make choices and decisions and you understand the impact of them. As a child, you cannot.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's Absolutely.
3: where I see the concern with these kid fluencers. It kind of reminds me of, of like the child star um, conversation that was happening when I was a kid. And do children really understand what they're doing, what they're agreeing to, and what are the protections that, that surround children who are – having these sponsorships who are, you know, doing these videos, are there any, you know, legal protections in place? At this point, there aren't. Um, You look at something like Coogan's Law, which protects uh, uh, child actors, and it guarantees that the money they make goes into an account that their parents cannot touch. Um, Really? Yeah. So it came from an actor named uh, Jackie Coogan, who was a child actor, and most, most of us probably know him as Uncle Fester from Adam's Family. And when he turned 21, he discovered that his mother and stepfather had spent all of his money. Oof. And so in order to protect future child stars, they uh, they enacted Coogan's Law. And there's nothing like that right now for kid influencers, And I feel like that is something that, that may need to happen because who knows how much money these kids are making? Who knows what their parents are doing with this money? Doesn't,
2: that's an extension, basically, of the exact same law, though. Right. I mean, it's just it's profiteering off of a, a minor for all yeah. intents and purposes in, in – you know,
3: we well, Coogan's Law is uh, California state law, okay. so it, it mostly—it's really meant for child actors in California. Hmm. So we would need some type of federal leg- regulation, or a number of states would need to adopt something similar. Hmm.
1: Morgan, actually- sorry, Jeff. Morgan brought up a good point about these kids not really knowing what they're being used for right there's a great piece and i just pulled it up this jogged my memory but from the atlanta a couple weeks ago uh, when kids google themselves right this is a little it's a separate topic they're not making money but it concerns a kid when he or she gets to be 12 years old and learns how to use google and searches their name and all of a sudden there's uh Again, I, I encourage listeners to, to Google the story when kids Google themselves. But um, we can put it up on our Twitter feed. Yes, Absolutely. we can put it
3: up on the Twitter feed. The at A-Game at podcast. The, Game Pod- at the Game podcast. The Game podcast. But
1: but same same thing. Like I get to a point where I realize, and then all of a sudden I look back and my parents have already shared my entire life. And and is that cool? Like what's what's the ramification of me when I get to? How about when I. Um, Go to a, this is again. This is a dramatic uh, uh, scenario. But I go to apply for college, and you Google me, and all of a sudden, a, a post from my mom about how I uh, was being a rascal when I was nine, and I threw a, a rock at a car. You know, like stuff like that. Like that's not going to affect my college application. But uh, it's an interesting topic. Where where do kids where where how do, how I can't say no. I I can't make that decision for myself.
2: This actually it, it dovetails nicely into the Facebook kind of doctrine, new doctrine from this week, if you want to pivot. If you don't want to pivot, I say, (laughs) be damned. Um, But one of the so there is, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't always do these, like, sweeping Apple-esque news conferences about state of affairs. Uh, He probably should do more of them. But he's out front in a PR uh, stance talking about how the company is pivoting to a a privacy-first platform, uh, how they intend to um, unify the back ends of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, uh, although keeping those three brands separate. Um, But one of the the impetus behind one of the moves they're making is, so you've got more daily users of Instagram stories now that number's climbed so high. I think it's 500 million a day. It's crazy. It's good. I mean, it's, it's, it's hands down the fastest growing uh, point of usage in that platform in either of those three platforms. And what it's signaling is content that goes away. It, does it make sense now in the world that we live in where we've seen endless numbers of stories? We see NFL combines this week, people going back and pulling tweets from the past should your content have a shelf life and facebook and zuckerberg are functionally saying that it should and this movement towards uh content with a shelf life whatever that shelf life may be uh is 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 the next wave and so ultimately saying that you know maybe in the future your facebook posts only last for a year um, to kind of emulate with a little bit of a longer run but it's you know it's, it's very much the same thing that regulation piece of it seems to start start to rear its head now.
3: To, to tap into another area that we're going to speak of, uh, I think the Kardashians have proven that the internet lasts forever because receipts are a real thing.
2: What do you want to do? You want to go? I've, car-
0: I've completely lost control of the flow here, <laughs> and there's nothing to do but embrace the chaos. You know, there's a door quote. There's a door quote for, for this, and it's the way that you respond to adversity. Determines your ration of success. And I feel like at the end of the day, when we walk out of this room, we can hold our heads high because we will be successful. And let's ride the wave of chaos in the podcast this week. So go for it. Let's go Kardashians.
3: Oh I was gonna say one more thing on the kid influencer thing before we before we break off into self made billionaires. See, this is even
0: more chaotic. Yes. I love it.
3: Yeah. I'm I'm taking control. My real question on these kid, this kid influencer thing, and especially like this, you know, this Ryan kid that does the to- the toy opening or whatever, is like, what happens when the bottom drops out? When companies no longer want to sponsor these kids because eventually it will, when the traffic shifts. Like, what happens to this kid who's got this, you know, mansion, but turns 15, doesn't want to open up toys anymore, and no one wants to sponsor him? Like, it's just, it seems like it's a very precarious house of cards.
0: Yeah, why don't you ask Corey Feldman? Or, uh, Ooh, is that too soon? No, no,
3: no. Corey
2: Feldman's cool. Like, he's a, he's a, I mean, I, I don't think he's normal, but. Isn't he dead? No, Corey Haim is. Ah, Corey Haim passed Life away. License to Drive. Great movie. R.I.P. Great movie.
0: You know, I actually thought about naming Bo after the two Corys. He was going to be Corey, Corey Ganser.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: It's true. I like Bo. True story. I like Bo better. True story.
2: <laughs> Corey, Corey Ganser.
1: Like uh, I'm like, really surprised uh, you didn't name him after Richard Marx.
2: Dwayne Dwayne even served divorce papers. Bowl bowl. <laughs> yeah.
0: that Did is you, the second. That is the Ken second. Uh, Richard Marx reference. Sign this worked. birth
2: certificate. Recursion. Sarah looks at it and goes, "That says
0: Corey Corey." cancer. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're a very rhythmic names. So, well, I've got a, I've got a question. <laughs> I've got a question. All right, and and we'll pick up on the Facebook theme here. And, you know, genuine, disgenuous, opportunistic, regardless, I think we could all get behind the idea of, you know, Facebook adopting a, a platform that's most more focused on privacy. But when we're in a situation where we're starting to see things disappear or have time stamped, you know, we're, we're already in a situation with, with uh, stories where they're basically gone in a day. But Joel, is, is this good for brands? Um, is it bad for brands? Does it really not matter that somebody like Facebook is taking a stance like this?
3: I wish y'all could see the look on Joel's face right
0: now.
1: <laughs> well, the look on my face is uh, appreciation of a good question. Uh, there are brands are already impact are already taking advantage of these platforms that do disappear to their great benefit right i mean so instagram stories jeff mentioned is an extremely powerful tool more broadly um i don't think that can just be um it can't be an entire strategy right there needs to be some sort of uh lasting uh campaign or 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 strategy to a, a, a company's social efforts Having said that, I mean, we, we've seen the benefit that these platforms can provide these brands, so um, it's, it's, it's a great question. I, I think it has to be part of a strategy and it can't be the entire thing.
2: You know, at the core of what, what this change would be is the choice, you know, a brand or an individual could choose uh, to, you know, have their, the, you know, their content have a shelf life or not. I would assume for most brands that probably wouldn't be the case. Um, <clears throat> But um, the the rate of change right now and the um, the pushback on these top platforms, three of which fall underneath the Facebook heading, is becoming so big because I think the market is asking for more. I think the market is starting to expect more and ask for more, look at their financial scale and capacity and say, you know, we're moving into a place where you need to be better. And I think this is a reaction to that. And I think we're going to see more of it. I think we're going to see them grasp at straws on a handful of things to see what works um, from, you know, a PR perspective, frankly, because the last three years for them has been anything but a positive PR uh, uh, effort. So I I don't doubt that this has got legs in some capacity, but, you know, I think this is going to be a one of a multi-pronged approach that they – kind of throw at the wall to see what sticks.
1: Yeah, if you've got, if you have, if your platforms are all um, time limited, then your strategy has to shift to making sure that whatever that time limit. So in the in the case of Instagram stories, um, you, you have to make sure that if there's a time limit or there's a, or that it disappears or whatever, there's a shelf life, you've got to make sure there's, there's got to be a strategy shift to make sure as many people as possible see see your stuff within that, um, real, you know, whatever that time period is. How
2: know? does that work with IGTV? I mean, is IGTV, like, just live, falls off? Is there any
1: – it stays. It, it can stays? stay. Yeah. It lives in a little bubble. Yep.
2: So that upper right-hand corner. It's yeah, all, a little bubble on your itself. profile.
3: So I think one thing that – I want to be clear about is like this is a supplement. It's not a replacement. Like the newsfeed is not going away. This is an alternative for people to have a space that um, is a bit more privacy secure. And I will, I'll be honest. I'm I'm pretty skeptical. You know, we didn't see people leave Facebook in droves um, when you know all the data privacy stuff came out. And I don't think that we're going to see people move in droves to this these platforms of disappearing uh, messages you know, changing behavior is hard. And anytime Facebook changes anything, people just go crazy. So now you're asking them to move from newsfeed to something else. I think it's gonna be a very slow adoption. I don't think it's gonna be a problem for advertisers, um, especially as the age of uh, Facebook just overall grows. Like I don't wanna be stereotypical, but people who are slower to adopt technology are slower to change technology. So I don't think it's gonna be as big of a problem as people might think for advertisers.
0: Okay, I've got a dumb question for Jeff. <laughs> so we're we're talking about content that is time-stamped. What does that really have to do with with privacy? Like, is that really addressing a privacy concern, or is is there other elements of what uh, Zuckerberg's talking about that kind of scratch that itch? Because when I take a step back and I look at it, I feel like. It's not really solving that problem.
2: No, 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 it's not. It's solving a superficial problem of your stuff being out there forever is what it's solving. It's it's solving the problem of people being ridiculous on the Internet and then having you know, the confidence to know that it's not going to be there forever. Uh, and it's not going to come up in a job interview six years down the road. Uh, privacy in this um, sense is... Is, is technology. It's technology underpinning. It's it's walling off certain sections um, uh, of your platform and then encrypting heavily, heavily encrypting whatever the output of those things are. So no, the 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 time stamping of, of content or the shelf lifeing of content is <laughs> a superficial itch scratch for people who don't really. I don't think.
3: So I. I do believe that he said that this new merged messaging platform would not have any data collection in it. So they would not like Facebook Messenger currently will analyze your messages, read data, and serve you appropriate advertising. Yeah. I do believe he mentioned that this new platform would not do that.
2: Well, and from their perspective too, this is out. When you look under the hood of things like uh, unlimited vacation time, and you realize like it's a finance ploy, and then but this is this is as much as a, a consolidation. So right now, if you're Facebook, you have to have teams devoted to the maintenance of three independent platforms that are built in three independent ways. The unification of this in a back end is actually just a really smart consolidation of
0: work effort. Yeah, I think it's just kind of bullshit. Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Welcome back, Jim. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I agree. It's like it, it addresses privacy, but the kind of privacy that nobody's concerned about. <laughs> <laughs> it's just smoke. Speaking of superficial, ooh, uh, some news this past week: the Forbes billionaire list was released. And what you were? And guess who 76? made the list? Mark a Self-made oh. billionaire, not Mark Pritchard. Mark, if you're out there, we're still waiting on that. Um, just that cold f- knock.
2: Just a LinkedIn connection Mark. yeah no big deal
0: but Kylie Jenner makes the list as a billionaire a self-made billionaire and people are getting all up in arms about the um, the, the, the terminology of self-made which is kind of funny because it kind of dovetails nicely into the um, the conversation that we're having about kid influencers these kids these you know we, we talked about like oh you might go the way of Corey Feldman or Gary Coleman or whatever, right? But at the same time, they're coming into the world with millions of people following them. And there's kind of a parallel here with the Kardashians, Kylie Jenner. Obviously, she's done a lot of work to get to the point where she is, but did she have potentially an un- unfair advantage going in? Is she really self-made?
2: If When we finally start filming this, um our weekly episodes for some sort of web series, hopefully we're able to capture in some capacity what Morgan's face looks like right now because
1: <laughs> she literally could peel paint. The answer is no. Oh.
3: <laughs> She's, How can the, you kill paint? Uh, peel. Oh, peel. peel <laughs> I used paint. kill paint. Peel paint.
2: Mm. She's A, the self-made moniker, particularly incendiary to Morgan. Uh, and and – in
1: I didn't have a B, so I shouldn't have said that. I mean, the B is... The B is, is that I'm a major
3: Swifty and I cannot tolerate the Kardashians.
1: The B is, like, if I were to go... If I were to... Start I a not, cosmetics company? I did not do this, obviously. However, had I, while I was in college, um, developed a good idea, turned it into an invention, and me and my two buddies from college got super rich off it, like, I would be hard-pressed to call myself self-made because i got to college because my parents right like self-made to me is like somebody who you know that's i don't want to get morbid but like like even like my parents helped me go to college right so like i'd have to like give them some credit right i'm not self-made like right they they raised me right they got me to college where i got, where i found this good idea you know Well, oh, no. Morgan,
2: please. I, I just, Morgan, I, chime I,
1: in here. I stole your thunder.
3: No, it's all good. Please. I'd love to hear everyone's opinion.
2: I, so the thing the thing that I immediately brought up was I think people don't look and say Kylie Jenner is an entrepreneur, Mark Zuckerberg. If you were going to weigh the two of them, you would say Mark, Mark Zuckerberg is the entrepreneur. And Kylie Jenner, which is an impressive thing about where she's gotten, is the 100% owner of mm-hmm. that company. That is unbelievable. The level so d- her social media presence is predicated on growing up in a show in a famous family with other people who have major social media presence that just amplifies her reach. That is her that is her differentiator. Her reach is so amplified and that you is not self-made. That is you were born into an apparatus whether or not your father was an attorney whatever.
3: Yeah. So let's break that down. Uh, no question, Kylie's an entrepreneur. Very, very good, very talented entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, let's break that down. So she was born into a family with a mother who was, oh, uh, oh, Jeff has the clap already in case he has to like buzz me out like the Oscars.
1: I put it down. Have to buzz out some swear words. All
3: right. So we'll just get it out fast. So, you know, Kylie was born into this great family where they were already in a TV show. Kris Jenner is really masterful as a business manager of her children's brands. Like, she really is. She got Kylie and her sister into um, doing some modeling and having some fashion lines with things like Pacific Sun um, and a couple other brands. From that, the girls made money. Um, From there, Kendall went to be a model. Kylie took $250,000 of her earnings from that and turned it into her first lip kits. And from there... She made her first million.
2: That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's cool.
3: That is the story. Yeah. If she had to go to an investor, she would not be a billionaire by now because she would not 100% own the company. So the fortune of her background and the way her mother got her opportunities, you could almost consider her mother her investor.
2: And this is why this is why I make the devil's advocate argument of Mark Zuckerberg. So Mark Zuckerberg was raised in New Jersey to an affluent family of uh a, orthodontist father, and went to Harvard. Um, so by no means did he crawl out of a slum, have an epiphany, find a, you know, scrape together money he made from shining shoes to buy a computer, and then turn that idea in into life. The, the, the point of all of it is, I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if Kylie Jenner's out there saying self-made. These are other people putting mm-hmm. monikers right on the scenario, the path is jagged and ugly, and everybody thinks it's glamorous, has never done it before, and it's up and down, and it's, it's in many ways you see, she's a billionaire. Okay, well, let me tell you, uh, ATM doesn't spit out billion dollar bills, okay? That's a valuation based on a fictitious number, based on a sales number that is in market right now. That number could change drastically. For her, it's probably not going to. Credit where credit's due. I actually love knowing that piece of the story um, that two hundred and fifty k investment <laughs> but i this is a little precious people people get very up in arms get very mad at um this self made kind of this this is a magazine cover headline headline thank you this is a magazine cover headline and to keep hundred percent of the company to grow it as you have off of um off of social media and a social media following d- deserves credit. The scale of that company now and that valuation is staggering. I mean it really is it is absolutely staggering to the fact that she's she's reached that height. What is she 23?
0: The sure. only way.
2: Yeah. The only way is because she's riding on a significantly bigger apparatus, which is her family's name.
3: You know, I think people really just love a rag to riches story. I mean, that's, that's Richest probably why, to story. That's why people love Oprah so much. Like Oprah came from nothing and, uh, you know, really rose to an empire. But, yeah, I think the whole like riches to riches things, people people have a of backlash from that because they're like, well, you know, you were already rich. So now you're more rich. So why should we care? Um, and to clarify, Forbes did say that they define a self-made billionaire as someone who did not inherit their money.
2: Oh, that's very so, interesting. By
3: the Forbes ep- definition, she is a self-made billionaire.
2: That's extreme. Well, if you look at that, that list every single year, top 10 outside of um, Bezos, um, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett are, are basically eight members of the Walton family. The Walton family and the heirs of the Walton family are each roughly worth $20 billion. And they're not self-made. Stan Kroenke from the NFL and and NHL NHL. Yep. is not only a billionaire himself but he's married to a Walton that gets
3: you'll have to take that up to Forbes. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue with those ones, ones too.
2: It doesn't have a caveat for marrying well.
3: There should be.
0: I I felt like I should talk about Chloe Kardashian when you said marrying well. Yeah, but yeah. then I thought that that was I just wanted to be happy too soon. Yeah, I just silly. want her to be happy. And
2: maybe she goes for a different kind of cat in the future. She seems to have a type and
0: that doesn't seem to work out. No, not so much. Yeah, that's sad. But hey, your sister's doing, sister's doing
3: great. I do sometimes wonder about Jeff's concern about the Kardashian-Jenner family.
0: Here, You know why?
2: Because the 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 facade of them is so fabricated that I hope that these people actually are these people and are truly happy knowing like, hey – We're riding this thing for everything it's worth. We're going to be exactly who we are. But the honest me doesn't think that's true. And you just like putting on that level of airs around yourself 90% of the time is detrimental. I don't care if it comes with a billion dollars. I don't care if it comes with $10. You can't live like that. And so genuinely, I look at that and I feel like there's a very good chance that those people are sad. And I, would, I wish they would just punt, take the money, stay in California, get off TV, and just work on being happy. It's just, that's just me. That's my
0: Dr. Fame
3: film. is a drug. And I think that, that goes completely back to the kid, the kidfluencer thing, is fame is a drug.
1: For mom and
0: dad. Uh, sign me up for these drugs, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> these sound like the kind of problems I'd love to have.
2: You got 99 problems. Well,
0: 99 we're getting problems.
3: there. One day. We, too, shall be famous.
0: Yes. We're, we're a pretty big deal in small circles. Case in point, my son Alex, very excited when I come home. <laughs> True story. But we'll talk about stories like that next week because we are all out of time. But I'd like to thank our panel for joining me today. Great conversation. And I'd like to thank all the listeners out there. Do me a favor. Tell a friend about the A-game. It's a fantastic program. You listen to it. And while you're at it, click subscribe to get us in your feed every week. And if you want to get at us, do it on Twitter at The A-Game Podcast. We'll catch you next week. Have a nice weekend.